You may remember that my dad died twice. As for me, I end up having two twelfth birthdays, which sounds like a whole lot more fun. Trust me, it isn't. It all happened because I rebuilt my dad's time machine, which looked nothing like you'd imagine, by the way. It was a laptop, a bunch of wires, a black box the size of a paperback book, and a garden tub. You know those films when the nerdy hero does something brilliant with a computer, and there's a clock ticking down because the bomb's about to go off, and his fingers are flying over the keyboard, sweat pouring down his face, music, lights flashing, a klaxon blaring, and then he hits the button with two seconds to spare and saves the world. Well, it wasn't like that. It was a lot more boring. There were no flashing lights, no warning klaxon. I didn't actually do anything except ask an artificial intelligence bot to fix the damaged computer program. And even that was Carly's idea. Oh yeah, Carly's back in the picture. More of her later. Still, it worked. Only not perfectly. Very imperfectly, as it turned out. Which goes some way to explaining why we are in a cave many millions of years ago being eyed up as a potential lunch by a family of dinosaurs. Who is this we? Well, there's me, my hamster, Alan Shearer. Remember him? A small tortoise, tortellini. Don't ask. My former stepsister, Carly, and the soon-to-be-eaten, Paulie McFadden, the nephew of Macca, the meanest kid I ever met back in 1984. None of it's my fault, I should say. Definitely not my fault. Apart from the rebuilding the time machine bit. Last time I time-travelled, all I did was sit in a zinc garden tub, type in some code and hit enter on the old laptop. And then it just kind of happened. There was a slight misting of my vision for a few seconds as though looking through steam and that was it. 1984, here I come. This time, though, it goes on for ages. Everything is dark. The air seems to swirl around us, while Grandpa Byron's electric tuk-tuk, a vehicle a bit like a golf buggy, vibrates. I hear Carly moan. Ow! Ow! Is this meant to happen? Can you stop it? No and no are the answers to that. But I don't say it aloud. What's going on, Chow? says Paulie McFadden in his strong Geordie accent. Oh, I think I'm going to be. Followed by the unmistakable sound of Carly throwing up, although it's too dark to see much. Still, it continues. Ten seconds? Longer? As my namesake Albert Einstein said, time is an illusion. Can anyone else smell spew? says Paulie. Ah, oh, gross. You've puked all over me feet. I've just put me hand in it. Oh, for goodness sake, make it stop, screams Carly. And as if in response, that is when the vibrating stops and the light returns. We all stare out, panting at a bleak landscape dotted with clumps of tall ferns and low twisted trees. Paulie looks up his eyes wide with astonishment. What the? How? How'd you do that? 
Is this for your or summit? He steps down cautiously from the tuk-tuk and crouches to touch the sandy air. Whoa, he gasps, and he reaches his arms out as if exploring the limits of the illusion. We're on the edge of a swamp. Behind us, dark, dense trees sprout from marshy earth and a flat, dry plain stretches ahead of us. About a hundred metres away, the land slopes steeply down to a grey sea. Everything is lit by pale, late afternoon sun. And I just know what Carly's reaction will be. She'll say, wow, freaky. Except she doesn't. She turns, her face contorted with fear, and screams, What have you done, Al? You complete flaming pinhead!